0: Hello and welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French and today is Sunday in the fourth week of Lent, which means it is Leitare Sunday. And today's homily is called A Taste of What's to Come. So let's dive right into it. One thing you might notice about the readings in Lent is that every Sunday we hear stories and parables that are quite familiar to us. The reason for that is because in Lent, the Church isn't guiding us through Scripture in a strictly sequential order. The readings in Lent are more like a biblical highlight reel, picking and choosing from among some of the most important events in salvation history, leading up to the grand finale which is, of course, Easter – the Passion, Death and Resurrection of Jesus. In the last couple of weeks, the Old Testament readings have been a great example of this highlight reel. Two weeks ago, we saw God making a covenant with Abraham, setting him apart to become the father of God's chosen people, Israel. Last week, we saw God revealing himself to Moses in the burning bush, when he prepared Moses to become a great leader and a prophet to lead his chosen people out from the slavery of Egypt. This week in the Old Testament, we have Joshua finally leading the Israelites into the promised land of Canaan after wandering in the desert for 40 years. While in the desert, they'd been eating manna, a plain bread-like substance from heaven. But on this day, they finally tasted the first fruits of the land that God had promised them. They ate bread and roasted corn. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but it was a taste of what is to come. In a similar way, today on Laetare Sunday, we're also being given a taste of Easter. Laitare means rejoice, and that's why we're wearing rose vestments today, because we're mixing the penitential purple of Lent with the celebratory white of Easter, which is only three weeks away now. Like the Israelites, we've been journeying through the desert of Lent, fasting, praying, almsgiving. But like the Israelites in today's first reading, today we're getting a little taste of the promised joy of Easter. Now, what is the joy of Easter that we're looking forward to? Well, St. Paul summarized the reason for all Christian joy in one sentence today in the second reading. He says, For our sake, God made the sinless one into sin, so that in him we might become the goodness of God. Put simply, Jesus took upon himself the consequences of sin so that we don't have to, and he transformed our death from a punishment into the opportunity for us to have eternal life with Him. The joy of Easter is the forgiveness of sins and our reconciliation with the God who loves us with an unimaginable and tender fatherly love. And that is exactly what today's Gospel of the Prodigal Son is all about. As far as biblical highlights go, I think the Prodigal Son has to be in most people's top three. The Prodigal Son, I think, is a fantastic reading for Lent because it gives us an opportunity to reflect on our own spiritual condition and where we might fit into this incredible parable. The first and most obvious position we might see ourselves is in the prodigal son himself. This son demands to have his own way, and he goes off to live in a distant country. The phrase distant country is describing a condition of his heart. For us, it might mean leaving behind the church and the gospel and chasing after our own plans. But the distant country in the parable is the place where sin is made to look pleasurable and fun. But sin, of course, is never fun for long. Sin is fun until drugs and alcohol start taking control of a person's life and begin ruining relationships. Sin is fun until infidelity destroys a marriage and a family. Sin is fun until greed, arrogance, and dishonesty lead us away from loving God and neighbor. I think we've all experienced this quote-unquote distant country at some level and at some stage in our lives. But I think the most important thing we learn from the prodigal son is his moment of recognition. He looks at his situation and he finally declares, I have sinned. He stops making excuses, he stops blaming his father and his family, he stops blaming his employer, society, his own ignorance and his circumstances, and he simply says, I have sinned. When we have this moment of recognition in our own lives, and we can say and mean it when we say, I have sinned, we experience a moral awakening that sets us firmly on the path towards the Easter joy. Of forgiveness. God will never withhold his mercy from us if we come to him. And as Catholics, we can experience that mercy and a taste of that Easter joy every time we go to the sacrament of confession. For some of us, however, we might sympathize more with the older brother in this story. The older brother spent most of his life on the straight and narrow not making the stupid and selfish decisions like his younger brother. For that reason, he wasn't just going to let this renegade brother of his just march back on the scene, unpunished, without some kind of pain or humiliation to make up for the destruction that he had caused to his family and the household. But once again, part of our Easter joy is the fact that the prodigal son doesn't need to suffer or be humiliated. Because Jesus has already suffered on our behalf. Each week in the Stations of the Cross, we hear that reading from Isaiah. By his stripes, we were healed. The prodigal son is forgiven. But he does have a lot of work to do to restore those relationships, to make up for lost time and to heal the damage that he caused initially by leaving. But through Christ, once he repents, the forgiveness comes for free. The lesson we learned from the older brother is to never be resentful, never to withhold forgiveness from those who ask for it. Those who are sorry for their sins don't need the weight of our judgment, anger, resentment and scorn. More, they need our help, our encouragement, our prayer and our fraternal support to help them make amends and grow in Christian faith and love. The Eucharist is the sacrament of communion. Matthew 5 tells us, first be reconciled with your brother before coming to the altar. Especially in this season of Lent, make it your regular practice to forgive those who have hurt you in your heart before coming forward for Holy Communion. Finally, there is the Father in this parable. He first rushes out to meet the prodigal son and he pours out his love and his forgiveness on him. But he doesn't stop there. The father hears of this division that's grown between the older and the younger son. And again, he rushes out of the house to meet the older son, pleading with him to forgive his brother. The father, of course, represents God. But he also represents the work of Christian love. St. Paul says in the second reading, It is all God's work. It was God who reconciles us to himself through Christ, and gave us the work of handing on this reconciliation. What we've received from God ourselves, we must also give to others and to promote among others like the Father in this parable. In practice, this means to avoid factions and ideologies, and instead build strong and faithful Christian communities. This means committing ourselves, our time, our talent and our resources as far as possible to the community of the church. Creating spaces and opportunities for ourselves and for others to worship God, to share our faith, encourage one another in hard times, and overall share in the Easter joy of being forgiven and loved by God and loving Him in return. In my parish, we're doing our best to increase the sacramental and faith opportunities in the parish. But if the Spirit is inspiring you with new ideas of how you might help us build a stronger community of faith, I encourage you to reach out to me or reach out to your own parish priest and let them know there's nothing that the Church needs more than to see vibrant and committed parishes united in faith and love. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for Laetare Sunday, this moment in Lent where we stop to look forward with anticipation to the joy of Easter ahead. Inspire us to repentance for our own personal sin. Give us the willingness to forgive others their sins and the grace to foster Christian love in this community and wherever our life and vocation leads us. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, feel free to like, subscribe, and share it round. Thank you, and God bless.